Happy Father's Day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we got so many great men in this church. Regardless of whether you're a father or if you're not a father, you probably have a father. And if you don't have a father, we have a father in heaven, don't we? So I'd like for all the men of the church, and I will include 16 years old and up, to stand up. And ladies, let's give these guys a big hand. And ladies, if some of these guys are unmarried, why? Well, you know. Sorry, I had to tie my shoe. I was walking up just a second ago and I about tripped and fell. That produce giveaway and dairy giveaway was a really great thing. There was this little block of white cheese in there that was just really good. And I ate the whole thing at one in one sitting and you should not do that. You should not eat, you should not eat a pound of cheese at once. It's bad. And then thank you for the guys that did the pancakes and sausage this morning. I put peanut butter and jelly on top of my pancakes, so you take the block of cheese and then the pancakes and the peanut butter on top of it, and I just feel really, really, like, compressed. <laughs> really compressed. Uh, Dana gave us a card, and I want to read this off. It says, uh, thank you all. Uh, um, will never be enough to express how I love and appreciate my OC family. John and I love this church both with all our hearts. The prayers you have given us through the years and all the support mean so much to me. Thank you for all the work you put into John's memorial. It was amazing. All my love, Dana. All right, let's get started this morning. Have, uh, I th I, no matter what community that you live in, you ever noticed that there's always been that one guy, that one guy that everybody knows, don't ever mess with him. He is one bad dude, huh? I was never that guy, okay? <laughs> Matter of fact, uh, the other day I was at Centralia Walmart and I ran into an old friend there and um, he works out all the time and he probably weighs like 275 and his arms were bigger than, than my waist and he, uh, he evidently wasn't practicing the social distancing because he gave me a big hug and he like, was like, hey, good to see you and I was like, huh? you're hurting me. I'm kind of frail. So I was never that guy. We're going to get back and we're going to finish the story that we had started last week with uh, David and Goliath. And of course, you know, um, the, the Philistine army and Goliath come out. Goliath is taunting Saul and the Israelites. And Goliath is just this bully, right? This big, bad bully. So enter a big, bad problem. 
Goliath is a thorn in the side of the, of the Israelites and, and the thorn in the side of Saul. And he's a big, bad problem. And that's kind of the way they look at it. Now, one of the things that uh, we see whenever um, we're reading the story is that nobody is stepping forward to take on the problem. Saul's not stepping forward. Um, he's kind of processing, I'm sure. And it, it talks about Eliab. Eliab was David's oldest brother. Now, the Bible doesn't say this, but whenever I'm reading it, and uh, so don't say George said this and this is, this is uh, that he's incorrect or this or that. But whenever I read it, I often think, I wonder if Eliab was one of those guys. You know, that guy that in the community that, good guy, don't want to mess with him because he will clean your plow. Have you ever thought that whenever you read that, that Eliab was probably, you know, he was the older brother. He was one of those tough dudes. But even Eliab did not want to take on Goliath at that time. And I wonder a lot of times whether Eliab was through this process and he would look at Goliath and he would size him up and think, okay, you know, I'm a good fighter and everything, but... Uh, you know, I, don't, I know I don't want to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with this guy because it ain't going to end well. And I certainly don't want to grapple with him or it'd be like that dude that squeezed George the other day at Walmart in Centralia. And so I may be out of my league here. And so he's going to just kind of sit and wait and see what happens. And so, you know, Eliab and Saul and the rest of the Israelites. And, and then we're like this too. A lot of times when we see a great big problem in front of us, that's all we can see is the problem, right? And it's a big bad problem. One of the things, and uh, I did whenever I was younger, I uh, used to take self-defense and stuff. Because especially a guy like me, I need to learn how to defend myself. And um, so one of the things that we had learned whenever we were um, punching is that the problem is the target, but we would try to see past that. And instead of just hitting for the target, we would actually visualize and go past the target so that we would have more force. We would have the vision to see past the problem. And that's a, that's a big problem for the Israelites and for Saul and for Eliab is I think they had a big problem seeing past the problem. And they didn't have vision for what was the future. Now David, on the other hand, he could see past the problem. Matter of fact, the problem wasn't really a, a problem. His problem was a good problem. It was a good problem to have. Because he wasn't so much focused on Goliath because... In the scripture, as we get, we're getting ready to read, Goliath was not going to be an issue. What David was thinking about was, what happens next? What happens after I defeat Goliath? Well, and he asked this question a couple of times. He says, what will be given to the man who defeats this Philistine? And the answer is, he'll be given great wealth, he gets Saul's daughter in marriage, so he gets the girl. Yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. 
till after he gets married, and then it may be a different story, you know? <laughs> Not that that have anything to do with us, son. So he gets great wealth, he gets the girl, and guess what else? Tax-free income for him and his family. Yes, that's a big plus. It's like the Roth IRA from heaven, right? <laughs> Tax-free income. So anyway, he sees past the problem. Matter of fact, the problem wasn't a big, bad problem for him. It was a good problem to have, right? So if you would, turn to your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45 through 51. I did not bring a water with me. Mallory, would you go in there into the refrigerator in the break room and get me a water and bring it up here? And I know you're going to be shy because you don't want to walk in front of everybody, but you don't want dad to like choke on his own dry throat. She's going to kill me later <laughs> on Father's Day. No. Okay. First Samuel 17, verse 45 through 51. We'll wait till she gets up here with that because I need a swig. Hurry up, hon. Hurry. Hurry. Let's give my beautiful daughter a big hand. I know that look. Most of you dads have seen that look before, too. All right. It says, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord, say the Lord, will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take you ahead, your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly that shall know the Lord, say the Lord, Lord. does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. Say the Lord's. Lord's. Whose battle is it? And he will give you into our hands. Now here's the difference between what Eliab was thinking and what David was thinking. And And the difference is, was Eliab being the big, bad, strong, older brother that he is, he was probably thinking in terms of, how can he defeat this giant? Which is understandable, right? But what David was going through his mind is, after the Lord delivers me from this dude, then what's going to happen? Because see, David, being a youngster, he, didn't, he wasn't dependent on his own abilities, He was dependent on what God was going to do. That's a good place to be, isn't it? Sometimes we can become dependent on our own abilities. Sometimes your best features, your best um, skills, your best giftings can be your biggest downfall. With Eliab, I'm sure he was a great fighter, but that actually become his big downfall 
because if he's just dependent on his skills and not dependent on God, there's no way he's going to be able to defeat this giant. But David is. He has vision. He sees past this problem. So David, he sees it not as a problem, but he sees it as an opportunity, doesn't he? Do you know that any time there is a legitimate, and when I say a legitimate complaint, there is opportunity, right? So let's just take for example. What do you mean by that, George? Well, in the communities right now, we have so many jobs available, and one of the biggest complaints amongst employers is we can't get good help. We can't get good employees. You know what that does? That's a big problem, but that opens up opportunity for somebody who is willing to work and wants to do a good job, right? Legitimate complaint, big opportunity. Ladies, if you're single ladies, if you're saying there is no good Christian men to date, legitimate complaint, you guys that are single, big opportunity. I'll, I'll stay out of meddling in your, in, your, in your mess, okay? Legitimate complaints opens up opportunity. Okay, let's move on. Verse 48. So it was when the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Now, if we look at this and we really read that, the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David. And David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistines. It doesn't say that David was just going to wait and see like the rest of them. Because Saul was just waiting and see what happens. The rest of the Israelites were waiting to see what happened. And Eliab was waiting to see what happened. Because, you know, there's, this is a big problem. But for David... Because it was so urgent, because he was not going to stand by and see the Philistines take over. It was a, not a big problem. This was a good problem to have, because it opened up opportunity. So David, not wanting to just wait and see what happened, instead of just waiting for the Philistine to come to him, David, in turn, runs to the battle. He doesn't sit and wait. He presses forward. We have a situation here at the church, and we're in an interim situation, and we don't know for how long. But I refuse to sit by and do nothing. As Orchardville Church, we are full of the greatest people and workers here at this church, people that want to volunteer, that want to do the right things, that want to give what God has blessed them with, their talents, their abilities, and everything, we're going to move forward. We are going to run to the battle. We will not sit by and just wait. Amen. Legitimate complaints bring opportunity. Verse 49 says, Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead, so that the stone sank into his forehead. Man, you know that had to hurt. Sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. 
So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in his hand. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. Like I said, sometimes your best attribute, because I'm telling you what, Goliath, as big and bad as he was in, in, in scripture earlier says that he had been a warrior ever since his youth. And you knew he, no, he knew how to use that sword. And the very thing that he came to kill the Israelites with, David used it to kill him. You'll see this even in the story of Esther, where uh, the gallows that was uh, meant to, to kill um, Mordecai um, was actually used to hang Haman. It's a great parallel. Um, legitimate complaint, big opportunity. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. David beat up the biggest dude in the pack. And guess what happened? The rest of them went packing. And then the Israelites ended up taking them over. Big problem, not for David. It was a big opportunity. These were good problems to have. We need two deacons and we need two finance team members. And um, oh, this week and next week, I'm announcing it. So I'm announcing it right now. These are big problems because we got a lot of positions to fill, but it produces opportunity. And let me tell you, I had a conversation with Nate Burgess. Where is Nate? Nate, stand up. He's a good-looking dude, isn't he? And Kaylee, his wife, will say he's married. <laughs> and so me and Nate had a conversation the other day. And Nate is a deacon here at the church. And I told Nate, I said, you know, Nate, I had served with your dad as a deacon for many years, um, years ago. And we had this constant saying in our deacons meeting, and some of you other uh, men out here who served as deacons at that time along with us, you can attest to this. What the saying was every meeting was because our discussions in those deacons meetings and finance meetings was a, uh, the topic of discussion was how do we get more room because we are out of room for kids? How do we get more room in this building? How can we afford to add on? How can we um, do this and do that? Because we were constantly growing. And what we always ended up saying was, these are good problems to have. Amen. Where there is legitimate complaint, it brings about opportunity. Good problems to have. I told Nate, I said, I sat there and me and your dad said those very same words. And one day will come where me and you and the other deacons are going to be sitting there and we're going to be saying the same thing. These are good problems to have. The deacons and the finance team members of this church, this is going to be a positive thing. This is not a negative thing. We're going to work together and we're not going to stand by and just see what happens. We're going to run to the battle and we're going to move forward.
A lot of you may be here, and we all have our own lives at home, right? We have our own lives at home, and a lot of us are battling big problems at home, at work, with health, with different things. And I know that whenever you're the one in the fire, it's hard to see past that problem, isn't it? It's like Eliab and Goliath. But we have to know this. Who's fighting our battles? The Lord. Who's fighting our battles? With that, we can see past our problem and we can see, have vision for the future, don't we? Amen. Even if I'm on my deathbed, I can see past the problem and I can see the future. If you would, please stand with me. I'm going to do this a little different today. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart or if you need to rededicate your life... After I dismiss, I would like you to come up and I'll pray with you, okay? But for now, if you need healing in your body, your mind, or your spirit, I want you to just slip up your hand real quick. Anybody who's around these, if you would, stretch out your hand to them as we pray. Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for this great congregation Lord, I thank you for giving us purpose in our lives. And Lord, as we have giants in front of us that may appear to be a big problem, God, I thank you for giving us opportunity. Help us, Lord, in our everyday walk with you. And Lord, those that need healing in their body, I ask and pray, Lord, for a double portion of that healing upon them in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, take over our lives as we give ourselves to you and we open ourselves up to you. God, I just ask and pray, Lord, that anybody that would be having a battlefield of the mind, Lord, that you would know, you would let them know that you go before them. Lord, that you clear the path for them so that they can live a victorious life. And God, those that may not know you, I ask and pray, Lord, that they would just reach out to you and say, save me, O Lord. God, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for how the congregation is pulling together to work towards the same goal, to reach others for Christ, to share the love of Christ, and to share love with each other. We just thank you, Lord, for this great opportunity. It's not a problem. It's opportunity. We just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.